UFOs, Bigfoot, paranormal input. Go ahead now, get mystical. Mystery and magical. UFOs, not typical. Bigfoot, not typical. You ask me why I'm skeptical. I say questions are questionable. Is the truth alien to you? Alien to get my message through. Aliens might message you. Aliens are sliding through. The wild signal will fly to two. Algorithms they find is true. Typical. Skeptic. Shut Got no time for no petty germs, pandemic, a pandemic turn, horror still in Amityville, Bayonet in Gettysburg, Mothman, TNT, Factory, Red Eyes, Loki, Dogman, Howling in the Street, I'm typically skeptic of what I see, Voodoo Hoodoo in New Orleans, Thunderbird, Swamp Thing, is it real, I was wondering, typical, skeptic, show, typical, skeptic, show. We're recording now, and I didn't go live because I I want to make sure I do a really good video. Uh, here we go. We're live, or uh, we're not live, but we're recording. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Typical Skeptic Podcast. Thank you for coming back to the channel. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, make sure you rate, review, like, subscribe, all that fun stuff. I want to get to the point of the matter. Is I have an amazing, fascinating guest. Another guest in the ufology field. I have with me Carolyn Corey. You may have heard of her. She's also in the consciousness part of the, the field. She's done a documentary on consciousness. But what we're going to be talking about today, especially, is her UFO documentary, which is fascinating. It's called A Tear in the Sky. She's put together an amazing team of people, and they get amazing results on UFOs, and she's going to tell you more about it today. But let me tell you, and also, the, the, the film is relatively inexpensive to rent on Amazon Prime. It's, it's, it's like a, the price of a cup of coffee. So it's definitely worth going and getting. But let me tell you a little bit more about my guest, Karen Corey. is an award-winning filmmaker and author of best-selling books on consciousness, science, and parapsychology based on her personal experiences. Corey has always been fascinated by existential topics, the study of consciousness, and the mechanics of the universe. In 2010, Corey founded Omnium Media, an entertainment and media platform that tackles various thought-provoking topics on the human condition and the nature of reality. Her latest films include Superhuman, The Invisible Made Visible, and Among Us, in addition to writing and producing. Corey appears regularly in guest experts, supernatural phenomena, the science of consciousness, and major conferences and television shows, including Unexplained with William Shatner, who's in this documentary, by the way, which was a huge surprise. And uh, and she's a big um, name on ancient aliens, too. And I want in the the doc, the, the website is www.aterrinthesky.com. And that's the name of the documentary. It's called A Tear in the Sky. And I want to give her a big warm welcome to the show. Uh, Carolyn, thank you for coming on my show. How are you? Hey, Robert, thanks so much for having me. I'm great. Thanks. Uh, this is going to be awesome. So uh, how did how did the, the, the project, the Terror in the Sky, come about and why the name of Terror in the Sky? Yeah, you know, it's funny. Uh, a couple of years ago, I thought I, I wanted to do actually the sequel of my previous film, which is Superhuman. And all of a sudden, I don't know, I just had an inspiration. No, 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 no. You, you have to do a UFO film. And so it just kind of came as an intuition. And I thought, wait a minute, my kind of my signature as a filmmaker is to bring science to anything that's paranormal. So how would I do that, you know? And so, so I started researching. I wanted to bring science. You know, I, I realized... In ufology, there isn't enough scientific uh, research or analysis or anything. 
So as a filmmaker, I, I researched and I thought, who else has done something like that? And I was shocked to see that no one, I mean, there are, there are, of course, there's Heineck and there's many scientists who studied and analyzed footage that's already out there, you know, but no one had actually set up an expedition from scratch and went out uh, to, to do it in this way, try to capture something scientifically in real time. And that convinced me. I was like, I think that's, so much <laughs> that, that's what we need to tell the audience. You assembled yeah. a team and you guys went out, you went to uh, where the Nimitz encounter was off the Santa Catalina islands. And you just went there and set up shop and you tried to get footage of UFOs and you succeeded. Right. I mean, like if you could get into this a little bit more, it's amazing. Right. Yeah, exactly. So I didn't want to just, again, analyze stuff that's out there because we don't even know how uh, these, this footage is collected, you know? And so so we gathered this team uh, with Kevin Day. I stumbled on Kevin Day. He was the first one who was on the Nimitz. He was the radar operator on the Nimitz. And so, um, so I met him first and then he told me, oh, well, I have a couple of scientists on my team. So let's go out and do it this way. So they had never done it before and we had never filmed it before. So it was kind of like a first time adventure. And so originally it was like, okay, so where do we go? You know? Uh, so once we, I, I heard Kevin's story um, and also I met other Navy guys uh, from the other ships, you know, the USS Omaha, USS Kid, they were all uh, encountering these Tic Tac and other sorts of UFOs all in the same area in the Catalina Channel. So it was, it kind of made sense, you know, can we go back to the same area and see if we can capture these things? So that's how we decided on the location and the team. I think it's a perfect location because it's where all this, all the disclosure that's happening right now, that's surrounding us that's where it all happened supposedly that's well that's where all the navy footage came from and you got people like you said kevin day who's was on the nimitz and it seemed like these guys who were on the nimitz they had a mission like they wanted to prove to the world that they weren't crazy right they wanted to show that this was a real deal and that there's something definitely going on here and and, and it's not like i think we in the ufo community know that but as we bring this to the major world i think it's something that these guys wanted to, I mean, the, the Nimitz guys, that they wanted to prove to the world, right? Yeah, exactly. And so uh, originally, you know, I wasn't going to tell the whole story again, because most people in the ufology already heard the Tic Tac story and the Nimitz story. But, you know, when I heard when Kevin told me his story, like with all the details, I was so touched. I mean, this thing literally ruined his life, you know, ruined wow. his career. Yeah. And so, and you see him in the film, you know, to, uh, talking about these things and, and other people too, other guys as well started to talk to me about it. And that's what kind of convinced me that we have to include that story, you know, somehow, you know, in the film and, uh, and, and it, it ended up, uh, the film ended up being kind of going full circle, you know, for them, because we ended up capturing uh, stuff that looked exactly like the Tic Tacs, which was mind boggling. I mean, like, what are the odds? And because of that, it really, really helped them kind of 
prove to the world, first of all, that they're not crazy, uh, that this really happened. So it brought so much, you know, uh, confidence and, uh, and resolution for them. So I'm very, very happy, at least for that human part of the film, you know? Um, I wanted to ask you this, like, has your opinion, being a consciousness person and specializing in consciousness, do you feel like that's connected to this somehow, to this UFO phenomenon? Because consciousness could be an aspect of it? Yeah, definitely. You know, we're, we're still thinking uh, UFOs is, is an actual flying saucer or that it's a U.S. military, you know, black ops something, black project something. But it's a lot more than that, you know, it's that and that's what's so confusing for scientists, for people, because, you know, there is the black project and there is the extraterrestrial component and there's everything else in between. There's possibly some atmospheric, uh, you know, phenomenon that we just don't even understand, you know, and so and so because of that, um, I, I know for a fact, you know, going back to your question that parts of it, the part where you know there is some sort of communication when you see a UFO and there is a communication established, of course it's connected to consciousness. Even the pilot, do you remember, um, what's his name, Fravor? Commander yeah. Fravor, you remember? At one point, if you remember his, his uh, testimony, uh, he was saying, you know, it was strange because it looked, it felt like it looked like the Tic Tac knew what I was doing, like as if there was some sort of, and that's coming from an, you know, a military person who's trained uh, at seeing things in the sky. And he was saying that it seems like it was reading my mind and knew what I was going to do. And he's not the first one. See, that's what makes me think, I'm sorry, that's what makes me think it wasn't military, because it, it went to like his, uh, his uh, aerial vantage point where only he would have known of, or, or like a real hard point, it, it was like, it was like stalking him almost, like, you know, but not in a malicious way, but just uh, maybe in like a, uh, like a, uh, I, I don't even know what kind of way, but it was so definitely like it, it had it was it knew where he was going. Right. It knew exactly. I don't see how that could be military. I don't think they could be that advanced. I mean, I believe they are advanced. I believe they have some stuff, but I just don't see it being that being able. Right. Yeah, I agree. And that's my point, that there are some very advanced, you know, crafts doing all sorts of things that we think are extraterrestrial, but really they're ours or, you know, but in this case, like you were saying, in many other cases, when I had a, a case like that, where you, I mean, you know, there is a connection. And obviously it's two crafts that are separate. So it's a telepathic thing going on. It's a consciousness thing going on. So it's definitely extraterrestrial. And do you think your experiences, because you've had an experience before, do you think that had something to do? Do you think that pulled them in, pulled the UFOs in? Do you think that made it more inept for you guys to see something? Because you've had an experience before, right? I had several experiences before and, you know, in the, on this team, I was working with scientists who weren't, they were like hardcore scientists. They were nuts and bolts. They were like, we're not going, don't even mention consciousness, you know? So I, and, and it was fine because 
for this film, the purpose was science and, and it's fine. But this meant that I was on my own, you know, like I couldn't go and say, well, let's set the intention, you know, <laughs> let's communicate with the alien. Let's so, meditate. Yeah, you can't say that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll be like, okay, woo woo stuff, go away, you know, which actually we were kind of butting head a little bit on that. So, so I just, I was really on my own and I, I just decided to do my own work and every day, Robert, like in my hotel room, I would be like, okay, guys, give me something, give me something. You know, I was like doing my best to establish some sort of communication. And we did, we did incredible, not just one sighting, right? You yeah. saw the film. I saw it. It's amazing. And I, I'll leave that for the audience to see. There's a lot of surprises in there for the audience to see that you've actually made contact and, and I'm not, you, 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 yeah, you, 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 you get a couple things and it's like, <laughs> it's really amazing. Like I couldn't believe it. I was like, I, I wasn't expect. I mean, I would, I didn't know what I was expecting, you know, yeah. like, but it was, it was really amazing. Now you brought Travis Taylor on the team and I like him because He's a little bit skeptical. Like, I mean, I would say he's more skeptical than me. I'm, 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 I'm skeptical, but I'm more open-minded. I'm a believer, but I would say he's a pretty hardcore skeptic or he was at least when I saw him on the Skinwalker Ranch show. Is that kind of why you brought him on to have a skeptical perspective or just because you respect his research? Well, both actually, but you know, to be honest, I met Travis uh, several years ago because we're both on Ancient Aliens and all these shows. And when we do conferences together, like we are hanging out in the green room, you know, uh, when it's, uh, and so, so I got to know him and to speak with him privately way, way before actually Skinwalker Ranch. Well, no, it was maybe when he was just starting out. And I remember he was very, very like nuts and bolts. He was hardcore, like, don't give me any consciousness, nothing, you know. And then from working on, on Skinwalker, you know, a year or two and having his own experiences, uh, he started to get more and more open to the idea, like, wait a minute, there's something more, you know. And so, so that's, the reason, that's the reason why I brought him on. Uh, plus, he's, he, I mean, working on Skinwalker, it was a great kind of crossover, if you will, like, because this was specifically targeted for UFOs, but the idea of having these instruments and things like that, you know, he also had that expertise, so I thought it would be, it was great to have his perspective, you know? Yeah, and also you have the great William Shatner and you even have Michio Kaku talk at the beginning of the film. Like, can you talk what it was like meeting with each of them? And like, you know, William Shatner, he's like the, in, in our community, he's one of the biggest people, you know, he's Star Trek guy, you know, he's like the, he's like the guy, you know? And, I mean, like, what was it like meeting him and what were his thoughts on the whole project? Yeah, so it was really amazing because um, it was a last minute decision, to be honest. We were already in post-production. We even had a trailer. And, you know, I was thinking part of making this film is not just for the UFO community. This is to try to bring it to the mainstream, like especially with that UAP report, you know, things were starting to get more mainstream. So it was to push it 
further in the mainstream, make it very accessible, relatable, you know. So I thought I need I need like one person <laughs> that will represent this mainstream that the mainstream would gravitate towards and go, I want to watch this film, you know. And he came to mind because I am again, I'm also on the same show as, you know, the unexplained. I had met him before a couple of times. Um, and so we just told him what his management, we told him this is the show and this is who we have. Uh, and he, he said, I'm, I'm in, you know, so it was it was an amazing, very pleasant surprise. Um, and yeah, it was it was great, great fun to work with him. He's he's so fun. He's so fun. Yeah. Now, when you're were, uh, like trying to get these objects, you were using FLIR, radar, radiation and other technologies to try to capture these anomalies. But they don't give off a heat signature. Right. So it's probably hard to try to capture some of these things. Right. Or, or, and I don't oh, want to well, give too much away. I'm going to ask questions, <laughs> but I don't want to give a lot away either. You know? It's okay. I mean, even even if we mention a few things, you know, people still like should watch it because, you know, you have to say, I mean, say it as it is. This type of film has never been done before. No one's gone out with that amount of equipment, with that type of technology all in like together and captured and anything, you know. So, I mean, people still need to watch this. This is literally like we made history by making this film. I, I think so, too. I believe so. I really yeah. do. And we're going to improve from here. You know, we're you know, I mean, we learned a lot, but so so the FLIR. So so as you were saying, the equipment ranged from, you know, multiple cameras, CCD cameras, night vision, FLIRs. Uh, the FLIRs, for people who don't know, uh, have a much wider, larger uh, infrared range. So it's like it goes up to 13 micron. The regular night vision are like three microns. So it's like so it can see. In fact, that's what the military, you know, used to catch capture the the Tic Tac. So just to give you an idea. So these are industrial grade cameras that um, can capture things in the infrared range and detect their temperature. So the idea is if an object is flying in the sky and th they have a propulsion system that does not generate heat, well, technically we are not, we don't know of such a propulsion system, right? So, so that is a huge um, kind of uh, data point that tells us, wait a minute, there's something anomalous here, especially when this object appears out of nowhere, you know, rotates, does some weird stuff and then disappears, you know, and it's a cold object. So what is that, you know? So that's, so being able to measure the temperature was an additional, very, very important thing uh, in our study. There's radiation detection, EMF, RF, all sorts of devices measuring all sorts of uh, collecting data points at the same time. It really makes me think, and when you watch this film, I think people will get a better understanding of what UFOs are and that they really are unidentified. And that, and that word, that term can go a long way when you're trying to explain these things because they truly are a phenomenon, right? I mean, it's, it's a, it, like I said, we can report ourselves and say, we know the government has some things. We're not sure exactly what they have. So I'm not doubting that, but you have to watch the film to understand just how anomalous these things are. It's a, 
it's truly a, an amazing, I, I mean, I don't even know how to, um, one thing I wanted to say, but this I thought was interesting. One of the scientists was able to project sound off a physical object and bring it back and create messaging between the anomaly in your film and create words. Could you talk about that? How you did that? Or, or did I get that right? Yeah, we didn't we didn't create words, but what happened is uh, we had a t this David Mason's technology. So it's basically uh, the ability we had the ability to to look at an object in the sky and um, record its its light the, the the light signature coming off of it and convert it into sound so we could hear what we were seeing and the idea and then project it back to them. So the idea was that uh, that tells us a lot about what type of craft it is you know why what type of light it's emitting and and also if there's intelligence behind it the fact that we are sending back the same signal technically it means that you know it's a form of communication basically and so so that technology also was i mean it, it, it's a it's an invention that uh he we had which no one had used before so so again all of these devices that we were able to use uh to capture these things uh, i think makes this film and the things we were able to capture because of this technology like what you're saying it's not just a typical stuff i mean there was that too but the things that you know appear disappear and of course the things falling raining down literally in the water at crazy speed and at the end of the movie of course the famous tear you know that opening and closing um you know that anomaly to this day the film's been out already to this day not one scientist is able to explain what that is think about that. <laughs> it's a i think it's a portal you know of course of course that's amazing and you, you yeah. actually caught that on film that's so it's so uh it's, it, it's something, something people have to see for sure. One thing I wanted to go over with you was like, and I think another thing we can use to distinguish some of these objects is like a lot of them are like um, really weird looking. Like if you ever look at like footage from some of those UFOs in Mexico, it's not like your standard Billy Meyer flying saucer. Like some of these look like, like weird, like strings in the air and Real, yeah. all different kind, uh, you know, like weird, shiny, different things. Like I can't even explain it. They, 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 they have multiple different shapes, multiple different patterns. It's not your standard flying saucer, correct? For yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that, and that's another reason why uh, people in the, in ufology, you know, can't think, oh, this is just another UFO film. No, like what you just said, because the stuff we captured looks very, very different. I mean, some of it is out there. But a lot of it is very, very different. You know, I've never seen anything, um, anybody, you know, posting anything um, of these objects literally like dropping down in the water. I've never seen anything like this. And so, so that was pretty extraordinary. And of course, the opening and of course, the ones that appear, rotate, disappear, the objects that are cold. So there's a lot in this film that is a first, you know, it's not your typical uh, footage, you know, that's out there. So it's very exciting.
I heard that when you guys were filming this, and I think you talk about this in the film that like the guys, when they were, they were staying overnight or whatever. And they, you know, cause they were doing their research and you guys were conducting your experiment and you were running a lot of different equipment and you got um, some interference maybe from the police or but, but like, but they, it turns out they ended up being really nice after you told them what you were actually doing. Right. Like, uh, did that happen multiple times or then what did the neighbors say when, with about some of these experiments. Oh my God, we had a neighbor. He, he kept like kind of saying, what are you guys doing? You know, you shouldn't be doing that. And like, we weren't, we weren't making any noise because we were just standing there, you know? We didn't, like, we weren't doing anything. And he's the one, he kept calling the cops on us every single day. <laughs> and we're like, dude, we're not, we have permits. I mean, we are a professional production company, you know? So we had everything in order. We weren't doing anything strange or anything. And but every day we had the cop, you know, come and then, and so the first time we told him what we were doing and he was like, oh, that's kind of cool. You know, they kind of got into it. Uh, but then the next day they would receive another call. So they had to show up anyway. And they made us they wanted us to file some forms or whatever just for, you know, uh, but anyway, by then we, we were done pretty much. So that was kind of funny. You know, we also had helicopters. We had this one helicopter that was crazy. I mean, literally, like they they would come all the way above our roof, and then they would like circle and circle and circle. I mean, like we're talking for like twenty minutes. I mean, it, it was crazy, and we're like, and then uh, so so. I mean, we know we were we were definitely uh, yeah. There was some surveillance going on there for sure. Wow. That's amazing. Um, and then one thing I wanted to ask you is I, th I thought this was pretty cool, too, is you uh, also you talk about a lot of the different things that can be mistaken for a UAP or UFO. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's important because a lot of times there's a there's a lot of misidentification when we're trying to classify these things. Is it, Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, exactly. So so in a, another thing that I wanted to do is is you know, speak to the non-believers or the people who just, you know, the skeptics or whatever. And so, so that's why we talked about, there are some, there is some technology, a lot of technology, like you just said, that can easily be mistaken for a UFO, you know, especially the, those uh, triangular ones. I mean, usually to me, these are military, you know, but the person who doesn't know, it's like, oh, you know, it doesn't look like a normal airplane, you know, maybe it's a UFO. Uh, but also sometimes we see these, um, uh, these lights, you know, kind of that do that. And these could be flares, military flares. So that's why, like, we wanted to say like, hey, we're not telling you believe this or believe that we're trying to educate you know i think next that's time, important yeah yeah next time you see these things don't jump to the conclusion like do like a due diligence and just don't jump to any conclusion that's what we try to do yeah because i've i've been on jogs at night before and i've seen a lot of things that i thought might have been like a uap but then i'd have to give it a second look sometimes something's have multiple colors and i i think sometimes those are planes like they could be just yeah. regular planes right I mean, planes usually are pretty easy to detect because they're usually blinking. I mean, you know, but also people have to realize we had technology and software that can that could detect uh, typical airplanes and um, birds and insects right off the bat. So we didn't because we ended up with so much so many hours of data, you know, to analyze. 
And so, but we already knew, like the camera doesn't even record if it, if it has a signature of an airplane or satellite. So it rules out already satellites and airplanes and things like that. So we don't waste our time, but anything that looks anomalous, you know, comes into frame, zigzags, or, you know, does some crazy stuff that's obviously not all registers cold or anything like that. So we had that technology as well, um, which was very helpful. Yeah, and I, I wanted to say, get your opinion on this before we finish up. I don't have many other questions. I think we covered everything for the film, but I just wanted to get your opinion on what you think is going to happen next with disclosure. I mean, it's so, uh, I mean, like I watched the congressional hearing and I talked about this many times on my show. Like, it seemed like those guys didn't know, like they talked about the Maelstrom incident. They talked about, you know, the Admiral Wilson leak. There was like one senator who brought that up, you know, and I was surprised he brought that up. And then, you know, and it seems like the UF, the UAP, I respect them. I have all respect for them because they're trying to figure out what this is. But at the same time, they weren't hip to ufology lore. And I, I think you, that sometimes maybe those worlds need to merge somehow. And I don't think they ever will. What are your thoughts? Yeah, exactly. I, I really I agree with you. I feel like we think the government is like one department, like one person and everybody knows everything. And that's simply not the case. I mean, we saw that in a congressional hearing. Uh, a lot of them really just did not know. They're just, you know, and so that's the problem, I think, with the whole disclosure thing is that there are people who in the government who really know. I mean, they know. They know exactly what's going on. But then the guy next to him in the same department is in the dark, you know. I mean, whether they do it on purpose or not, I don't know. But the point being, it's very, it's going to be very difficult to, to finally have everybody in agreement. And so, but, 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 I mean, and it was crazy that congressional hearing, I mean, they were, they were showing these clips. I mean, like, like what, you know, <laughs> there's better stuff on YouTube. And why didn't they show the Tic Tac? I know, know that was, that was a Navy thing, you know, it wasn't some random guy. And so, I feel this is another thing where I'm very excited about my film because we are civilians, you know, civilians, we went out with proper equipment and in five days, five days, we captured all of these anomalies in the film and more. So, you know, the government, you know, with all the radars and the satellites, for them to say, like, we don't have a way of collecting data or we don't have any data, it just, like, you know, it just doesn't, it doesn't match it. up. It yeah. Doesn't, yeah, yeah, you know? So, so that's why um, I'm very encouraged, uh, you know, with the film putting out all, that's why I really want people to help us keep putting this film out and this data out and the knowledge that civilians are capable of doing that government come on you know step it up and really yeah <laughs> hopefully definitely it will happen the disclosure movement as well and i was just thinking one last question is do you are you in the camp that these things might be coming like interdimensionally i mean obviously from the, the film a tear in the sky it seems like they are like it seems like or maybe they're using wormholes or you know, to come from other planets. But it seems like when I saw that, and I've seen UFOs disappear before too, like it just seems like they have to be coming interdimensionally. It's, 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 I don't know for sure, you know, but it seems like it because they can go in and out of our reality. Like it's, 
nothing, right? Yeah, and you know, wormholes or whatever, um, you know, portals or what have you, are not necessarily to come in and out from a different planet. They could be used inter for interdimensional travel. So I think a lot of them are within our airspace, like you just mentioned, only in a different spectrum. So they use these hot spots, you know, that are, and you know, we, we're, some people are like so afraid to say, oh, it's a wormhole, it's a portal, but there is warp science. I mean, there warp physics. I mean, there is such a thing as warping space to travel faster than the speed of light. I mean, this is, you know, it's in the movie too, by the way. So we're not talking some crazy stuff. You know, it's possible. Why can't I, people just, yeah. I interviewed Douglas Richards. He's like a New York Times bestselling author. He wrote the book Unidentified. And he told me that the government is actually studying wormholes too. Like he yeah, said they're, yeah. they're studying wormhole technology, supposedly, you know? So For it's sure. like- I, so they have to know, right? Getting back to this, and I, I would think it would be interdimensional. Um, it, this is so interesting. Well, I don't, I don't have any other questions. I think we covered everything. Um, if you want to tell everybody where they can find the film, and um, it, but the, the best place to rent it or buy it from, and stuff like that, and uh, and thank you by the way, this was awesome. This was cool. Oh yeah, no, no, you were great. Uh, so yeah, the best way, you know, people should just go get it on Amazon. That's just the easiest, you know? And uh, and if they like it to please write a review. Again, the idea, this is, we wanna try to put out the the information that as civ we're civilians, you know, and we were able to prove and show all of these things are real in this scientific way. So we would love the support as well. So yeah, people can just get it on Amazon, for example, or if they don't have Amazon, go to etherinthesky.com, etherinthesky.com, and there's all the other platforms listed there, like uh, I think iTunes and all the other uh, platforms, they, they Google Play or something. And also we are going to be posting updates, you know, on, on the research, on the website. So people can just, you know, stay tuned to what we've discovered since the film. Uh, so that's also a good way, etherinthesky.com. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. And uh, it was nice talking to you. I'd love to have you on in the future again to do a small yes. discussion on your research updates and stuff like that. That'd be really cool, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. I so appreciate it. Yeah. It's also, sometime I'd love to talk to you about consciousness. I know we both don't have a lot of time, but I know you've studied consciousness and, and uh, I'm really into psi research, like yes. remote viewing, um, yes. psychokinesis. I love all that stuff. That's so interesting because it's another provable form. Of, I think all the phenomena are be, being proven now at this point, but I think psi research is like really one of our best uh things it's so interesting what we can do with our consciousness right exactly and and uh you know you're referring to my previous film superhuman and that's exactly what we talk about superhuman the invisible made visible i love that film that was like uh, <laughs> so much fun so uh, definitely anytime you're ready we'll talk about consciousness and and i appreciate you doing these things because this it gives us in the community like films that like we can learn from and 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 not just learn like not get a youtube education or some pseudoscience bullshit this is real <laughs> research and science put into it and i like that like so thank you I so appreciate you saying that. Thanks so much, Robert. This was great. All right. Have a good night. You too. Thanks. Bye.